Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. This is your market update for September 9th, 2017. You guys have obviously seen the China FUD, and we'll talk a little bit about that. The BTCE uh, or BTCEB back online. Uh, what else? CEOs not running Bitcoin. A lot of traditional market stuff. Talk about that. Before that, let's jump right into a market update. And this new music is for Gabriel Divine. Okay, so let's do a market update here, people. We have Bitstamp at 43.65, trying to make some higher highs here. We did make a higher high last night, uh, back up from that huge FUD sell-off low. It got all the way down to 41.25 on Bitstamp. Um, it does look to be over and creeping up. We could have another push down here uh, this weekend, but uh, yeah, th this was a total sell-off. Uh, from this Chinese FUD. So, and now that that has been uh, alleviated, then we, you know, are going back up. It's easy as that. This was a good way for some um, strong holders to buy some more Bitcoin or go long at the bottom and, and earn some more Bitcoin. So um, that's, every time we dip, it's the, the strength of the dip is less and less. The depth of the dip is less and less, and we're going up. I'm sure of that here. Uh, by the end of the year, we'll be way higher than now. So I'm not I'm not really worried about the price. Um, quarterly futures is it was as big as like three hundred and fifty dollar discount, and I'm, I talk about this all the time. The the spread, the futures to spot. Futures got way liquidated down a lot farther than the spot prices did. And it's kind of like a, a rubber band effect. This is the way I kind of think of it. So if the price is falling, but the futures is falling faster, there's like a bungee effect, you know, rubber band. It goes down and then it springs back up and it, it helps on the way up. That uh, will liquidate a bunch of shorts on the futures and that will help the price pop. So uh, same way to the top side too. I mean, if we're going up and the futures is just taken off, um, it has a little bit of effect of pulling, pulling the price with it up, but then it will snap back and it has an uh, exaggerated effect uh, to the downside. So um, I think that when that discount, that spread uh, uh, starts shrinking, we'll see a, a pretty sizable pop to the upside. Uh, so I'm watching that. What else do we have? Let's take a look at Bitcoin difficulty. We had that little dip, you know, when the Bcash on August 1st. So we did have a decline in hash rate slightly. We had a decrease in the difficulty. Um, the This very last one that happened just a few days ago, uh, it was another increase that put us about to where we were before the Bcash decrease, just slightly under that. But the, the hash rate is still screaming north. It's still going up. Uh, doesn't doesn't show any signs of really reversing yet. Um, it's about what 25% almost above the you know baseline uh, compared to the difficulty. And if if we keep going like this, it looks like we're going to have a 20% or so, maybe maybe a little bit less of a change because we're getting about. Let me go to the blocks here on this fork.lol. 
Right now we're at 6.3 blocks per hour, but I saw it as high as 10. It did hit 10 blocks per hour just a little while ago. So the, the hash rate is building extremely fast on the Bitcoin chain. Right now, currently, uh, compared to Bcash, it is still slightly uh, more profitable, 1.09 times more profitable to mine BTC than BCH. Even with the expected difficulty change that I was talking about, it's still expected to be uh, 1.02 times uh, more profitable to mine Bitcoin versus BCH. So, um, Nobody's using BCH. Let's look at the transactions. I mean, they have average. It's it's just a straight dead line of in the double digit transactions per block on BCH. 44, 27, 36. Nobody's using BCH. Nobody wants to use BCH. Everybody is on the main chain. It is over. The only reason why there's any sort of market value is somebody's wasting money on this. Right? Somebody's wasting money. And as soon as you see the, the price of Bcash drop, like significantly compared to Bitcoin. So when you see it get down to 500, maybe $400, then you're going to see the spam return because that means that they aren't financially supporting the price of Bcash anymore. They're going to support the spam attacks because that's the trade-off. Do we support Bcash or do we support the spam? They can't spam at the same time. As they're supporting the price of Bcash because the spam actually makes it more profitable to mine Bitcoin and it hurts them even more. Um, so as soon as they stop supporting the price of Bcash, they're going to start the spam attack back. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if that plays out. So the market cap of Bitcoin is at 70 billion. The total market cap is 148 billion. That's down slightly. Okay. So we have a maximum price of about $9,000 right now, 8969 Um, that's not a big deal. We've had a huge sell-off here in the last 24 hours, so that, that will be hit. Uh, if you look at coin market cap right now, everything is red. Uh, in the top 10, everything is down. GBTC, let's take a look at GBTC. They are down as well, uh, $719. Like I said, this one got as high as 1000 and that is on a roughly a tenth of a Bitcoin price. Um, so a $1,000 price would be a $10,000 Bitcoin price right now. It's pretty steady. I mean, it did have a sell-off obviously yesterday, just like everything else did in Bitcoin, but, uh, you know, it's solid 7,000. It's, it has a huge premium to Bitcoin. And so, um, I, I like that. I think that's bullish. Okay. Local Bitcoin's volume is pushing all time highs again. Um, I've been quoting this for a long time, but, uh, I'm going to quote you guys the weekly volume here, $44 million worth of Bitcoin transacted. This is pretty close to like following the price of Bitcoin, but you know, we had a significant pullback in the last couple months, and then now we're seeing a significant surge again. Also remember if there's ever like a country that wants to quote unquote ban Bitcoin, uh, the local Bitcoin's volume uh, screams higher in that country. So um, this this is if if China did ever ban Bitcoin, which it never will, then uh, the, you'll see this represented on the local Bitcoin's volume. But uh, yeah, the all time high for them is forty five million. To this week was forty four million. So just pushing all time high. Let's see if we can pass that this coming week. Strong bullish. Mempool is under a megabyte right now. 
So stuff can go through no problem. There is no delays on the network. There is no high fees on the network. So anybody that's saying that, again, as always, I say this every time, uh, they're lying to you. Or they don't know and they shouldn't be talking about it in the first place. Alright, so that's the market update. Let's get on to this China FUD. So, yesterday morning, dropping my kids off at school. Everything's looking hunky-dory when I leave. When I get back, the bottom, the floor has just dropped out. And I get on Twitter. There's no news uh, immediately. Uh, finally, some people start saying there's this thing out of China, and they send me the link. Um, I immediately say this is FUD. This isn't true. And uh, so you guys got to follow me on Twitter because I was there. Right away, one of the first people uh, calling this FUD right from the beginning because China's not going to ban Bitcoin. They aren't that dumb. The most that they're going to do is create a firewall around their banks. Just like they create a firewall for the internet, they're going to create a firewall for their financial system. They're not going to just ban the internet or ban Bitcoin. So this, And we see this every six months or so, FUD story like this. And I was very impressed with the community response. I mean, in the past, we might see like it takes a day to get it translated. Uh, the market's still selling off. We needed to get some sources, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but this all happened—a turnaround of this—in about six hours. We had, um, you know, translations. Well, the PBOC made their own English translation that came out a couple hours later, which was good. Uh, but many of the sources that people have in China now—they—that's good. The community is more tight than it used to be. Um, they immediately came out and said, hey, this is FUD. This doesn't look true. It's old news, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I was just really impressed with how fast this this fire was put out and diminishing returns. These, this FUD will have less and less impact. And God dang, man, the price sold off so fast and it stopped. It hit a brick wall of buying. This is so bullish. It didn't even get down to 4,000. If it doesn't get down to 4,000 within the next couple of days and it goes back up to 4,500, maybe close to 5,000, I think it's it's going to be, we might never see a $4,000 price for Bitcoin again. You know? And all these people that are waiting saying, oh, I'm going to buy when it gets back down to 3,000. And then by the end of the year, we're at six, 7,000. They're going to flood in and FOMO this. It was FUD, China FUD. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, nothing to see here, guys. We're going back up. Next story is BTCE is back online, I guess, but now they've become a KYC AML bullshit exchange. You can go and claim like 45%, I think, of your of your coins or 55% maybe of your coins. Be careful claiming, though, because um, they're going to KYC you to get you in there. And remember, every time that you KYC yourself, that you add a data point to the identity graph of the network and you make it easier for other people to be identified. So as you're doing things like this and claiming your Bitcoins, be as privacy conscious as you can. You know, use Tor, use uh, use a VPN, use a, fa- a one-time, one-use email address if you can. Use a, a fake name if you can and c- help keep the privacy of the rest of the network while you're claiming your coins. I'm not telling you don't go claim your coins, if, especially if you have a significant amount on there. But uh, be conscious of what they're doing. They're trying to 
get the data points for everybody and de-anonymize the entire system. So uh, just be aware of that. Okay, CEOs do not run Bitcoin, people. Bitcoin. CEOs don't speak for users. There's this meme out there that's building from all of these 2X companies. Um, some of the more outspoken people, uh, Vinny Lingham is back fudding again. Eric Voorhees is always fudding too. And, you know, these CEOs do not speak for the users. Bitcoin. They want to do on-chain scaling, right? They don't want companies to speak for users, apparently. They don't want to centralize this. Why do you centralize during scaling? You know, this is totally counter to their narrative of keeping transactions on-chain and away from third parties, yet now they're using these third parties as a way to push through their changes. It's totally backwards, right? They should be able to rely on the users to push us through, just like the UASF did. The reason why they can't is because they're fucking lying to you. No users want this. I said that on Twitter yesterday, and Jay Cliff, he works at uh, Coinbase, he said, I do. And he hashtag something like, say yes to 2x. And then, no, he was the only one to ever use that hashtag. I said, that's fine. You want on-chain scaling and, uh, you know, smart transaction scaling? Go ahead and get SegWit onto Bcash. It's going to be easier to do that than it is to get 2x onto Bitcoin. Uh, Zappo CEO, I think it's Tim Rogers um, or whatever. His last name is Rogers. He had a tweet. And let me, let me read this to you. No Bitcoiners care about censorship resistance. That's why we're here. I don't know what he means by that. But the average new user cares more about fees and speed. Utility first. That's totally inaccurate. Totally inaccurate. Nobody comes here wanting to spend their Bitcoin. Nobody's like, let me learn about Bitcoin. Okay, I'm going to buy $100 and then spend it right away. No, they buy $100 worth of Bitcoin and they hold it. And then when they get some free money, that's when they spend it. Right, they spend the free money portion. They don't want to, like, they don't want to burn five uh, percent buying the Bitcoin and then using it. That's five percent more expensive than using a credit card or PayPal or whatever. They're going to use the regular thing if they want to spend money. Um, nobody buys Bitcoin to spend it right away. That's that's not why people come into Bitcoin. Guaranteed, ninety nine percent that is true. Anyway, I link to that in the show notes. This. Not good for Zappo. And Wences Cesaris, who is has one of my favorite talks in the early years of Bitcoin, um, he is not doing Zappo any favors right now. I wish he'd come out and just be strong like he was in the past, but uh, he's not doing them any favors. So, okay, no one wants 2x. The compromise was with Jihan and Roger. Everybody wanted Segwit. Everybody wanted Segwit. Let me put it to you again. Everybody wanted Segwit. Except for Jihan and Roger. So the compromise was with those two men. And they're pushing Bcash now. They're supporting Bcash. They're, you know, buying up Bcash. So the compromise is over. We got Segwit, which is what everybody but those two guys wanted. The compromise is over. This is not rainbows and ponies where we can just all get along. This is Bitcoin. It's survival of the fittest. This is war. This is currency war. 2x won't happen without a huge fight and they don't know what they're getting into right now it's over 2x is dead 
I mean, there's been a huge push. We've seen this from tons of CEOs in the last few days. They're panicking. They need to get out of this. Even Charlie Shrim now is out saying, you know, I mean, he's kind of stiff arming this whole drama now because he was front and center. Now he's stiff arming it. He's getting married and stuff. That's understandable. He doesn't want to be in this drama during his marriage time or wedding time. But, you know, even he's saying, hey, look, we got to find a way to, to stop this in not so many words. Don't let CEOs try and tell you what you want. Push back against them. If you're on Twitter, push back against them. Heart other people that are pushing back against them. Retweet other people that are pushing back. Don't let them tell you what you want. Bitcoin. All right, let's get um, let's get into, into the traditional markets. Uh, I think people like this. Let, let me know in the comments if you guys want me to keep doing all this traditional market stuff. Uh, because this is, I love I love watching this geopolitical and uh, world markets because, um, you know, that's one reason why I got into Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin is the killer app that's going to kill a lot of these this uh, financialization, this financial system out there. So um, I'm constantly watching this and let me know if you guys like it. Um, okay, S&P 500. Well, let's go to the DXY first because that is just falling. And I know that this is not a dollar exactly like pure dollar strength or weakness. This is relative, obviously. And it is against the euro, like 60% against the euro and then 20% against the yen. And the, there's some in there with the pound, uh, or high percentage with the pound. So this is a small kind of subset. But uh, DXY is just falling off a cliff, man. We're down at 91. And I've been calling this for months and months. Probably if you go back here, when did I start talking about DXY? Probably all the way back at 99 around 99 and it's all the way down to 91 now it's just accelerating the decline lower highs lower lows the whole way down let's take a look at the uh, usd cny take a look at that chart i'll i'll tweet it out here today sometime when i get a minute here um usd cny i tweeted out the usd cnh which is the offshore yuan you know the one that can be traded um internationally this uh, cny is is just the onshore yuan but it's the same picture here the dollar is weakening it's going straight down now to me this looks like a geopolitical event is coming we have currency war the dollar is tanking against the yuan all the way down to 6.4 now um, it's gone down from 6.8 to 6.4 in just about 30 days, maybe 45 days. It's falling off a cliff, people. This is a result of the de-dollarization of the world. So I wanted to uh, talk about Stanley Fisher. Oh, no, first I want to say, um, Tone has been wrong on the dollar. He's been wrong on gold. He's been wrong on oil. He's been wrong on the euro. He's been wrong on the S&P right now. It's going down. It's looking droopy. I'll talk about that in a second. He's been wrong on all of these traditional markets. And he tries to say that uh, he tries to diss on libertarians. Eventually, this is going down. I mean, the stock market can get pumped up because it is uh, de the dollar it, relative to other currencies is falling off a cliff. So if you look, at it, it's fallen 10% in a couple months versus other currencies. Has the stock market increased by that much? No, you're losing money if you're invested in the U.S. stock market versus the DAX. You know, or the FTSE, or you're, you're invested in some other exchange because the dollar's tanking and that's a dollar denominated asset. 
So this can continue. The dollar can go down to 70. It's possible. Even if it, if it loses 25% of its value from here and the stock market goes up 5, 10%, the stock market's still going down because you could make more money in other markets, especially if gold is going up and Bitcoin is going up. It doesn't really matter what the stock market is doing. It's looking droopy. It probably will go down. That's my guess. All right. So some news, dollar related news is the vice chair, Stanley Fisher, resigned. This out of out of the blue, his term was up. It wasn't up for another 12 months or so, but he just out of the blue resigned. And he is an actual he's a Israeli citizen. Um, some people would call him a member of the, you know, elitist uh, globalist cabal. I don't go that far. But I do think he had a huge hand in running the Fed and running uh, Janet Yellen's policy here. So him being gone, he was a very hawkish member, you know, probably responsible for a lot of this rate increases over the last couple of years. Uh, that only got us to 1%, by the way. But uh, he was a very hawkish member. And there, you can see this resignation. There's a power struggle happening within the Fed, within the Treasury, with the president. Uh, globally, there's this power struggle happening for sure. Um, bit, look, Bitcoin is tiny. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, it's a mosquito in this game. Um, but there's a power struggle here. The Fed is and was the central player. And I don't think they have control of their policy anymore. We can see Stanley Fisher leaving. Um, the economy is turning over. Stocks are not pushing. They're pushing all-time highs, but they're not at all-time highs. Um, despite as much... As the Fed has said, oh, you know, the economy's doing great, the economy's doing great, the economy's doing great. Uh, it's not looking good. The dollar's tanking, even in the face of rate increases. Again, that's the way it's been going. You increase your rates, your currency dives. Why? Because the only game in town is printed money. If, you're, if your bank is not printing money, your economy will roll over. So the, the Fed is still printing $40 billion a month to repurchase the, the, loan, the bonds that fall off their balance sheet. So they're still pumping in $40 billion a month. ECB is pumping, but they're outright pumping. They're outright doing QE. So their currency and their economy is, seems more bullish than the U.S. because the U.S. is talking about raising rates and cutting the balance sheet of the Fed. People don't like that because the only game in town is the central bank money printing. If that goes away, your currency will crash. Your economy will crash. The, the Fed has lost control. The dollar is weakening to the point where monetary policy is unable to save it. I'll tell you a prescription to save the dollar. Print $100 billion a month in QE. The dollar will rebound. <laughs> but that, that's politically impossible right now because people will lose confidence in the Fed if that happens. They have to build some narrative back towards QE. They have to do that. And it's going to take a while because they've spent all this time building this narrative towards tightening. Now they got to switch course. Stanley Fisher is out. Trump, easy, uh, you know, cheap dollar Trump is going to be putting in a bunch of people onto the Fed, onto the Fed uh, board. I mean, it just does not look good for the dollar in any way, shape, or form. So they they have no real choice here. Uh, so I think they do nothing. If they tighten, the economy tanks. The dollar tanks. If they loosen, people lose confidence in them. In their ability to know what the fuck is going on. So what they 
their only real option right now is to hold steady. So I expect them to hold steady for the foreseeable future until their hand is forced. Until, oh shit, we're in recession. We didn't even see this coming. Let's do some QE. Let's do a bailout. Let's get the government to fiscally pump up, pump this up. Soon the growth lies will be apparent. Asia is growing fast. Northern Europe is ticking higher. The U.S. is flat or negative. That's, that's what's happening. The U.S. is declining. People are de-dollarizing. The debt ceiling drama is a farce and plays in here as well. It's important to realize and absorb the truth that the U.S. can't raise rates. 1% is a joke historically. That's what we're at right now. We'd need another 4% to hit normalization. It'll never happen. Offshore yuan, onshore yuan, both falling off a cliff. USD, euro dollar is pumping. Against, so dollar against the euro is is falling. Dollar against the yen is falling. Dollar against the U.S. CAD is falling. There's massive flight from the dollar here. And we could see a bounce. We could. Totally. We could see a bounce. I've been waiting for a bounce up to 95 before the floor really drops out. But it doesn't look like it's doing that right now. What about Bitcoin? Now, I said that Bitcoin is tiny and it's a little mosquito in this game, but the power struggle. There, there is a power struggle here in Bitcoin. Um, they're aware of it. Everybody's freaking aware of it. The PBOC is aware of it. The Fed is aware of it. The ECB is everybody. Japan is definitely aware of it. It is it is a piece on the, the currency war chessboard right now. And we can see it in this scaling drama. You know, if you can't attack Bitcoin programmatically, you're going to attack it politically. And if you can tell Roger or Jihan, I'm going to give you 100, 200, 300 million dollars to pump this FUD. What are they going to do? They're going to pump the FUD and they're going to take that and they're going to turn into Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin eventually will win. And I think they all know that. It's Bitcoin is the most sound monetary instrument in the world. There's only 21 million and you can't change the code very easily. We've proven that in the last couple of years. That is hugely bullish. Hugely bullish. So talking about the S&P, it is droopy. Um, I think it's going down. Um, we have the Harvey and Irma aftermath to contend with. There, ha there hasn't really been a big sell-off uh, with those things. Remember, the broken window fallacy is a fallacy that you don't stimulate the economy by breaking things because you're destroying wealth, right? And then you redistribute that wealth within the economy. It's a misallocation. Um, the Goldman Sachs CEO, love him or hate him, is saying stocks are expensive. Fed officials are saying stocks are overheated. Last year uh, wasn't the cyclical bear market that we are waiting for. It's coming this year. So at the end of last year, stocks sold off quite a bit, I think about 10% or so, uh, but they did come back. But uh, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about 25 to 50% drop in stocks. Um, we've been in recession for 10 years, the U.S. has. Uh, we're only, we only papered over the problem. Uh, and we got the stock market to rebound. But in doing so, we set in concrete the misallocations that created the bubble in the first place. The dollar is paying for this fucked up, crazy, misallocated economy. The dollar and the economy have been gutted. Trade deficits are at all-time highs. There's trade wars kicking off. Our, the U.S. geopolitical muscle is a joke. Politically, we are... It's at a century low, our influence in the world. The money uh, was being made by buying stocks, buying bonds. There was a bubble in everything except what? Actual production. We printed money and bought our stuff from overseas with, with no, like our comparative advantage was printing money. We gutted the economy. 
And as this turns over, as the rest of the world outgrows us, outgrows the U.S., instead of being um, the richest economy, it's going to be the average. I'm bearish on S&P relative to Bitcoin and gold and bonds. Okay. And again, tone. I mean, the only the only part of this traditional market stuff that tone has been right on is semi right is the S&P. But it is not at all time highs. He's been calling it going up and up and up. All right, let's talk about gold here. Tone was has been way wrong about gold too. Um, he, gold is strong. He doesn't get why gold is doing good, but it's because the dollar sucks. His whole investment thing is flipped on its head. The U.S. economy is weak. The dollar is weak, so gold is going to be strong. People are losing confidence in the Fed and in government. Gold COMEX volume hit an all-time high last week. All-time. Even higher than 2011 at the peak in the price. So volume on gold trading, all-time highs. People are... This is real. This is a real move in price here. I remain bullish on gold in the short to medium term relative to stocks, but bearish relative to Bitcoin, obviously. Bitcoin. All right. Enough. Enough. I'm going to quit here, guys. This was a long one, so thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Thank you to all my patrons. You guys are awesome. See you soon. <laughs>